You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. Sorry for the delay, but we're back with a brand new episode of 80s Revisited. This week we talk about a cinematic disaster that released August 22nd, 1987, Garbage Pail Kids. Now, you had a choice that day. You could have gone and seen Garbage Pail Kids, Mm -hmm. or if you were rich, which I wasn't, you could have been playing The Legend of Zelda on your NES. Probably a better choice. Ten times out of ten. There's no contest. So an hour and a half that you could have spent at the Garbage Pail Kids movie that you probably would have been super excited for would have been better spent at home. And just uh, nine days later, Michael Jackson would release his hit album, Bad, which would mm. then lead Al Yankovic to release his hit single, Fat. Yes. So thank you, Michael Jackson, for releasing things at Wood Al Caparity. All that and more coming up on 80s Revisited. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. I guess we're all garbage pail kids then. <laughs> Anything out of the norm makes you a garbage pail kid, which in this yep. case is a terrible, terrible thing. Mm. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest blast from the past with Age of Visited. I, of course, am your own garbage pail kid host, which uh, I looked them up. I would be Ice Tray. Oh. And Jesse would be Dressy Jesse, producer. How about Je- that? Dressy Jesse. A little more on the card aspect after the movie's. Is that like Talk. a Facebook thing where they say? No, I looked if, them up. I looked up all of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> all of our names for um, all of the ones that are my name and all the ones for yours. Which but garbage pill kid are you? <laughs> I'll tell you how to find out. Yeah. Stay tuned, kids. After this, after we get through this movie review for Garbage Pill Kids the movie, which the came out ever. August 22nd, 1987. IMDb gives it a super high score of 2.7. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 0%. Critics, 27% audience. That good, huh? Budget, $1 million estimated. Can't see where all that went. Opened for $661,000. did not even chart on the chart on the list for the movies that opened that week. However, number one was the original stakeout with, uh, I think, Dreyfus and Estevez. Uh, domestically, mm-hmm. however, it did go on to make $1.5 million, And I don't think it released anywhere else. And nobody had any information on rentals, so it uh, it died really quick. And rightfully so, as we'll talk about right now. This uh, piece of shit was directed by Rob Amatow. He did a lot of old TV, including a film called Son of Hitler. I don't know if it's a comedy or a biography or a documentary. I have no clue. I think it would work best as a comedy, but I'm never going to watch anything else this guy did. It was all, he also co-wrote it with a lady named Linda Palmer. At least I assume she's a lady. Linda could be an ambiguous name these days in 2017. I'm not going to judge. And starring Mackenzie Aston. Wait, that name sounds familiar. Yes. John Aston's son. Sean oh, wow. Aston's brother. As a Dodger. Uh, the only other thing I ever knew that he ever did was a film called Iron Will. I think it, was, it might have been a Disney movie dog sled movie when they had all like the dog craze with uh, like White Fang and uh, I guess Wyron Will was the only other one but uh, also uh, he had a recurring part on a couple of episodes of Facts of Life and he's currently on a show called The Magicians which I've heard about but I have not watched uh, Katie Barberi was Tangerine she was an uncredited extra in Ferris Bueller and pretty much did nothing else but Spanish television aside from being an extra in Ferris Bueller and this uh, horrible Horrible film that does, in fact, belong in a garbage pail. Uh, Anthony Newley was Captain Manzini. He was in the Dr. Doolittle, the 1967 one, and a ton of TV movies. If you look at his IMDb profile, it's pretty much all TV movies. Uh, and one of the bigger stars, no pun intended, Phil Facondo, uh, Fondacaro was Greaser Greg. Uh, he was uh, Von Carr in Willow. Uh, he was an Ewok in Return of the Jedi. He was also in Polar Express. Uh, he was a mercenary in Land of the Dead. He's a... Uh, He's sort of an action little person. He's always uh, usually uh, one of the more physical little people actors that are out there. Uh, Ron McLaughlin was juiced. He was also in an ep- uh, The only other thing he did was an episode of Silk Stalkings. So uh, if you're a fan of Silk Stalkings, you might recognize 
Ron McLaughlin, but probably not. Probably Kevin not. Thompson had a lot to his name, too. One of the uh, all, Pretty much everybody that did anything significant was either in a suit, in a costume, mm-hmm. as a garbage truck kid, or a voice. Uh, but Kevin Thompson was Alligator. He was also in Blade Runner, Return of the Jedi, Weird Science, which we just covered a few weeks ago, Power Rangers. Uh, 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 I actually saw this episode on Netflix. He was like a, a leprechaun on an island or something like that. Hmm. But that was him. Uh, and a film that will unfortunately never be covered on this podcast as it came out in 1990, but Spaced Invaders, which right. I loved as a child. Uh, and Jim Cummings was the voice of Greaser Greg and Nat Nerd. He did voice work in Roger Rabbit, Aladdin, Lion King, Hercules, a goofy movie. But most importantly, he was Ray in Princess and the Frog, which, I mean, Jesse, we're talking about <laughs> movies that made you cry. Yeah. When that little firefly gave his last few words, spoiler alert for Princess and the Frog, I had tears going down my face. And Autumn's like, hee <laughs> Like, didn't affect her at all. Mm. Well, I'm like, that's so sad. Anyway, so let's talk about this steaming pile of shit. Uh, why? <laughs> well, first of all, and I asked myself this question as I was watching it, why did I pick this? Why, why, why? Because I was exceptionally bored and, like, hating myself. This right. is the first time I've watched a movie for this podcast. I'm just like, good God, what have I done? <laughs> you didn't watch it, I hope, right? No, of thank course God. not. Thank you. Not thank a God. big fan of them, even though... I do have a full set of the third edition cards. No from, way. <laughs> I bought a big uh, big block of cards from a guy, mostly magic cards, but then he threw in a bunch of other things, and one of them was the third edition of the Garbage Bill Kids. Wow, you ought to look that up. If that's a full set. It's, probably... not, it's not mine. It's like 80 bucks or something like that. Hey. That's I wish I had some of my original ones. Yeah. Because they're stickers, so you can put, you know, I can yeah. decorate all my shit with my Garbage Bill Kids. Yeah, I got a bunch of those Crappy thing sitting in the closet somewhere. <laughs> well, don't throw them away. Just let yeah, me know. That is, I'll go. I'll go to a, whenever I see somebody parked wrong. I'll just go put a garbage pail kid sticker on their windshield. <laughs> but anyway, the yeah. reason I I remember when this movie came out, didn't see it in the theater. Couldn't wait for the, another one of those. Couldn't wait to come to video releases. Finally came out. They only had like one or two copies of it in the store. I don't remember it ever being a big issue trying to get it, though. I think I pretty much was able to rent it the day it came out. So excited to watch it. Get home, watch it, and that was the only time I ever watched it in my life until a couple weeks ago for this podcast. And the reason I wanted to do it was because, God, I just, I remember seeing it once, and I remember it not being good then, but, you know, wouldn't hurt for the podcast. Might as well work it into it. (laughs) So we pulled up the uh, demographic breakdowns. Of uh, who actually voted on this thing on IMDb with its average score of 2.7 mm-hmm. out of 10. Um, there's a group of people that voted <laughs> 7.3 on the average. And probably the most, honestly, the most unlikely of demographics. <laughs> right. I agree. Females under age 18 who yes. weren't even alive when this movie came out. <laughs> they loved it. Wow. <laughs> That's who they were appealing to. Full disclosure, only three votes. But sure. Three people really, sure. really like this movie. Probably two tens and one one somewhere, or Could been, two yeah. or three. Yeah, I wonder wow. if that even breaks the down. The closest score to 7.3 yeah, there it is. is a 3.9. There are two tens and a one, just like I said. Oh, yeah. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Your masculine oh, I'm on sorry, point. a two. Yeah, uh, I was the, close. The next demographic is females age 30 to 44. Don't think it's quite as bad as everybody else. So. I think they're just nicer. Yeah, maybe it's because Tangerine like makes her own clothes, and they think that's really cool. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's I'm trying. I'm just trying to connect the dots that yes. don't exist here, because oh god. But anyway. But on average, forty three percent of people said this a is one. a one. Too bad there isn't a zero. Spoiler alert for my score. Yeah. Uh, but oh god, watching this film, I was just like, like I was angry. Like I was actually like, God, God. Why, so like set up this myself. is so this is this is so stupid. Nothing makes sense. This like, and I would hope everybody knows from the hundred and eighty four episodes previously that you know. I think we, this is one you're allowed to like bad movies. That's yeah. fine. And I usually give like you know you have to suspend some disbelief when you watch some movies. I mean you can't go into Superman like how I don't care if he is an alien. How's he flying? How does that work? I mean yeah. you have to let you have to give some passes to things for enjoyment. There is nothing in this film that makes any sense. It is the definition of a quick cash-in, I would assume, for the, uh, the trading cards. But watching it the second time, again, I was, like, I was bored to tears. I was, play, I was searching the app store. I was doing anything I could to stay awake and just to at least listen to it. This is the worst film 
we have ever watched for the podcast. I would rather watch <laughs> Xanadu, Jaws the Revenge. Uh, I'm trying to think of another bad one. Really bad one. Cannibal Holocaust. Oh. I'd watch that again. Not that one was bad, but you don't want to rewatch. No rewatchability there. Right. Uh, I'd watch all those twice before I want to watch this movie again. Wow. Even though, like, you know, logically it makes sense. I'll just watch this one movie. This movie is so terrible. It is completely nonsensical. So it fails the Xanadu scale it, that we came yeah, up with last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Xanadu wins. <laughs> Xanadu wins right. once again. Yeah. yeah. Why are you giving people crap, man? Why are you giving people crap on these on these podcasts? I can't help it. It's just yeah, it's a run of bad movies. Some good movies planned. I do have a I have a fantastic movie for next week to get <laughs> okay. out of this funk. All right, but uh, if you haven't seen this movie, don't see it. Don't ever question. I, I'm doing. I, pr- I promise you. If you decide like it can't be as bad as Trey says it is, it can't be. I saw it when I was a kid and I loved it. And you probably haven't seen it since. Mm. And you go watch it, and you waste that hour and hour and a half of your life. Actually, I guarantee you, you won't finish it. I'll put it to you that way. The '80s <laughs> Revisited Challenge: what Finish you- Garbage Pail Kids, the movie. Did you? Yeah, but I had to because I'm doing a podcast on it. <laughs> if I didn't, ha- if if I just like had downloaded it, excuse me, uh, uh, rented it to, you know, yeah, just from the oh, I, haven't re- I can't remember. I, you know, I, I would have turned it off within 15 minutes. Like wow. turned it off. Like yep. But luckily, I don't have to do that because I'm the paid one. She, horrible actress in this movie, Katie Barberi, but wow, she, she blossomed into a very beautiful flower. You wouldn't know it by this movie, though. Because <laughs> it didn't do her any favors. Didn't, this movie did not do anybody any favors for their that. careers. So much, in fact, that Mackenzie Aston's father, the John Aston, uh, Gomez, mm-hmm. I believe, in the original Adams family. Was it? Wasn't he? Was it Adam? Yeah, Adam's family. Because the Munsters was Herman Munster. Mm. Uh, he, uh, he, Mackenzie, his son, auditioned and signed on to the movie without telling his dad. His dad read the script and did everything he could to try to pull his son out of this movie. He knew. To unsuccessfully do it. I mean, and where is he now? The Magicians <laughs> and TV movies. He's on Scandal a little bit. Oh, yeah. We always have a... Looks like it's a still nine episodes. Well, he's probably dead if he's only in nine episodes. Yeah, but yeah, this movie did nothing for anybody. The other Aston's doing better. Yeah, a little bit, right? a little bit. <laughs> and also Jim Cummings, the voice actor, uh, he admits to regretting ever taking part in this movie. And after seeing a the final cut, he went out of his way, including joining protests against the film's theatrical release. Wow. And there <laughs> there is a fine line between films that are act- they're so bad that they're good. Uh, Street Fighter, Ed Wood, I mean, uh, not Ed Wood, uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Uh, you know, there's a lot of ba- uh, Hard Ticket to White, which I haven't watched yet, Deadly Prey. You know, there there are movies that are bad, but Sharknado, the entire Sharknado series, they're still entertaining because you go into it and you know that it's bad and you know what you're getting into. Uh, this movie is Damn, this absolute m- shit. This movie, like, killed careers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it was like cinematic cyanide. Copyright well, 80s revisited. I'm looking at like the director. Had a nice career. Over 50 movies or shows. But mostly shows. Then, and then Garbage Pail movie kid. Uh, this Garbage Pail Kids movie started. Mm. And he was pretty much done. And the only reason he shows up again is because he did one episode of a failed Gilligan's Island revival. Right. Because that's, that's, that's the only work he could get after this movie. Yeah, because he did one back in the 60s. Uh, full disclosure, go up. Let's see when he died. 2003. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, it killed his career. There were years and years of nothing. Huey Bowles got nothing on this dude. <laughs> Put it to you that way. And, yeah, and Linda Palmer, who wrote it, never really worked again. It was one... Legion of Fire, yeah. Killer Ants. 11 years later, although a movie that, no one's ever heard of. Although that little screenshot looks pretty badass. <laughs> I mean, are the ants actually on fire in this movie? I have no idea. Killer uh, ants from South America that eat flesh of people attack a small town. So this screenshot or whatever that is, is probably not even related to the movie. Yeah, this doesn't look good. I would imagine. Oh, God. Nope, 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 nope. Garbage, nope. garbage, garbage. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I'd like to get tell you a little bit about the plot, but I don't remember it. Just uh, she was trying to sell clothes, but only the Garbage Pail Kids could sell the clothes somehow. Because they, oh, they, they can make the clothes. Mackenzie Austin, or excuse me, uh, Dodger, as he's known in the film, right. had him like, you know, because she made her own clothes and would sell them and totally used and abused his character, Tangerine did, that uh, 
the garbage pail kid's like, oh yeah, bring in some stuff and we'll make your clothes. And they sing horrible songs while they do it. Oh, in these terrible puppets whose mouths do not match anything that's being said. You know, and like, you know, uh, was what I always get to later, like the actual trading cards, which were a huge part of my childhood. You know, they couldn't even get the, the kids, the animatronics and puppets or, or the costumes to look anything remotely like, I mean, it, 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 okay, it looks like it when it's not moving. Right. But I mean, it could have, this, based on the aesthetic of Garbage Pail Kids, this could have been with the right budget and right production and at least some semblance of a, a, a kid-friendly story or something mm-hmm. that would make sense. You know, it could have been a great little piece of 80s kana to, you know, combine two words into a new one. Uh, 80s pop culture, to be honest. Instead, it's it's where it belongs. And there's a reason that nobody gives a shit about this movie today, but Tops is still cranking out Garbage Pail Kids cards. Right. So uh, that's all I got to say about the movie itself. If you like this movie, let me know why. 80sRevisited.gmail.com or on Twitter at 80sRevisited because it's the worst movie I've ever seen. Absolutely. I, can, I will never watch this film again. I w- it, would, it would take, you know, we are terrorists and uh, we have your wife. <laughs> we, will, we will decapitate your wife unless you stream you watching Garbage Pail Kids the movie. Now I just told the entire world my kryptonite. You know, if I ever become like a superhero or a politician, like we have your wife, you might be super awesome. But if you don't watch this movie, we're going to kill her. Like, no! <laughs> I would have to think about it. Hmm. Uh, it no wife. <laughs> now, of course, there would be no contest. I would just not watch the movie. Uh, whoops. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> a few other pieces of trivia that I didn't uh, talk about already. Because there's not much to say about behind the scenes. Because this was a Doom production from the beginning, pretty much. With, you know... Uh, I'm reading a book right now, which I would recommend highly, called Creativity Inc. Uh, it's uh, I forget the name. It's by one of the other the other founder of Pixar, other than John Lasseter. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish I could remember his name, but uh, uh, unfortunately I can't. But it's a fantastic book. But he has a great quote. He says, "If you give a good script to people who aren't talented, you're going to get a bad end result. You give a mediocre script to good pe- to talented people, and you're going to have an Academy Award winner. You're going to have a blockbuster. You're going to have something." Amazing. Edwin Catmull. Okay. That's his name. Uh, fantastic book. Highly recommended. It's a great book. So there, th- somebody could have made a good Garbage Pail Kids movie, but they absolutely went to the bottom of the garbage pail in terms of talent for this to make this. And it's shit. <laughs> Absolute shit. But anyway, John uh, Carl Buechler, Buechler uh, was concerned to, considered to direct the film, and his version of the story was going to be a straight-up horror film, which would have been way better than this end result, uh, in which the Garbage Pail Kids, also known as GPK, by the way, in, you know, kid circles, sure, uh, would have spawned from radioactive sludge that had found its way into a garbage can filled with broken dolls, turning them into serial killers. That alone is a way better <laughs> premise than what this movie was. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, go down, Jesse. Worst films of eight, 1987 on IMDb. It's actually, uh, it's right there. Uh, Jaws Revenge is on there, too. So, wow, what a, what a horrible year for film. Can't wait till we get to my top 10 of 1987 <laughs> for the worst film. Oh, House 2? No way. House 2's great. Oh, yeah. Leonard Part 6. Oh, God, yeah. That was a horrible year. Oh, yeah. Superman 4, which that's a bad, it's good one. Master of the Universe, so bad, it's good. Yeah. Mannequin? No, I haven't covered that one yet, but I wouldn't say it's one of the worst of the year. Yeah. But we'll get to that later. But it's interesting that two of the worst <laughs> ones we've ever done on the podcast were the same year. Yeah. Anyway, uh, much like the movie... Kenzie Austin was actually going out with the uh, Katie Barberi, who was Tangerine in real life. They broke up in the middle of shooting, which made it awkward, mm. awkward. And and also, she looks like ten years older than this kid, so that also makes it awkward. Mm. Uh, this is also the first and possibly I'm willing to say only movie ever based on it. Oh no, sorry. Wait, po- was Pokemon a game first, or was it trading cards first? Do you know, Jesse? Pokemon was. I want to say it's a. It was a. Cartoon first. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, I will say I will be willing to say this is the first and only movie ever based on a trading card slash sticker series. Uh, yeah. That's probably accurate. Uh, and there's uh, there's actually, speaking of horrible movies, uh, there's a portrait visible in Manzini's shop. It's a painting from Troll. And it can be seen, if you're looking for it, because you're a Troll fan, you want to watch this movie just to see that, I'll tell you right where it is so you don't have to watch the entire movie. It can be seen in the scene after the Garchville kids have had their weenie roast and are back at the shop recovering from eating. Because they have to do that because they're garbage pail kids. And there's some sort of alien entity, which is really stupid. According to this, Pokemon began as a video game. Okay. Gotcha. That's the only one that came to mind that might have been a card. Yeah. Hey, 1985? That's so, odd. Yep. It seems like it should be 
I mean, I was for the original mine. Game Boy. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's about that time. Yeah, so uh, that's it about the movie. Score-wise, I give it a zero. If we could go negative, I'd give it a negative 10, because it's the worst movie that we ever covered on the podcast. Because, <laughs> you know, in Xanadu, there's something to be said. Because it's... Uh, I, first of all, I can see how people can like Xanadu. And you have Olivia Newton-John to look at. It's fantastic. She's gorgeous. Still is. Uh, Jaws Revenge. It's, it is bad, but, you know, if I'm... You know, I don't, I'm not above marathoning the Jaws movies just because I love sharks and they're fun. You know, they were a big part of my childhood. But this film is untouchable as far as the films that we've covered. Like, whenever we get to our 100-character showdown, I don't care if they go up against a puff of wind. They're losing because <laughs> their movie is so bad. I, that's a promise. But this movie is shit. Do not watch it. In fact, we're going to get to the fun part of the podcast now that I'm excited about, and that's to talk about the actual cards, because that ah. was such a great part of my childhood. So uh, here's some little history lesson, and we'll talk about them. Uh, uh, first of all, they released in 1985. Uh, they were designed to parody Cabbage Patch Kids, and there was actually a lawsuit, I think. Uh, did I mention it? Yeah, I'll go ahead. And, yeah, and so much uh, so that Toss was sued by the makers of Cabbage Patch Kids, Coleco, for, their, uh, for trademark infringement. And they ended up settling out of court, so Topps agreed to modify the appearance of the Garbage Pail Kids to remove the resemblance between the characters and to change the logo design up a bit. But production of the cards themselves continued, but by the 1988 sale, by 1988, sales had dwindled and a planned 16th series was never produced until, we'll get to that in a little bit later, uh, in the original series, which we mentioned, uh, that ended in 88, uh, 15 sets in the original one, a total of 660 cards, over 800 million cards sold, it was a brainchild. Now, this is, this is what blew my mind. I, had, I, did, I did not know this. Uh, pretty much the, the creator and... Uh, yeah, pretty much the creator, honestly, of Garbage Pail Kids was none other than cartoonist, Pulitzer Prize-winning cartoonist Art Spiegelman, who you might remember from a comic book episode as the author of Mouse. Mm-hmm. So not only did he write one of the greatest graphic novels of all time, mm-hmm. he created Garbage Pail Kids, or came up... It was in, integral to their creation... Uh, the brainchild as is what he's officially listed as, so the idea man behind it. Uh, in, in across the world, they're not all you know. In different countries, they're not garbage pail kids. And I thought this was interesting. In Japan, they're known as Mr. Creepy. Uh, in Spain and Israel, the Garbage Gang, Snotlings in Italy, the Filthies in France, and the Totally Broken Kids in Germany. <laughs> in all of those would make really badass uh, punk band names, by the way. Hmm. So. Uh, an animated television series was also created, which you can watch, I think, one or two episodes on YouTube. Uh, but its initial scheduled broadcast in the U.S. was postponed due to parental complaints. And by postponed, they mean never. So, uh, during the height of the series' popularity, uh, they were banned in many schools, including, I remember in grade school, we were if teachers caught you with them, they could take them away. Uh, but that, that's why we would take the stickers off and put them on our notebooks so they couldn't take our notebooks away. <laughs> Uh, rebel, rebel since third grade. Yeah. Uh, one of the main reasons for the ban was that teachers cited them as distractions during class. Uh. Which, I mean, you know, you could, it was double standard in a sense because you could have your, your baseball car collection, but you can't have a pull out a garbage pail kid. Hmm. I'm sure it wasn't that they were distractions. It's that they were, I mean, look at, look at them. They're, I mean, it's, they're violent in a sense. I mean, I understand completely in that climate yeah. why. Uh, why they, you know, say bands. Some of them had blood on them. I mean, you had skeletons, you had zombies, all sorts of stuff, and they were just deemed inappropriate. Uh, which, of course, that's how the 80s was. I mean, yeah. you thank the 80s <laughs> for that. You thank for the parental advisory stickers. You can thank us, thank the 80s for the PG-13 rating. All sorts of stuff like that. Uh, in 2003, Topps introduced the all-new series, which ran for five series, which is why you still see them today. Uh, and you have Garbage Pail Kids with GPK. You'll, like, you'll see a lot, when you're researching, you'll see a lot of acronyms. GPK is just Garbage Pail Kids, which really genuinely, or usually refers, I should say, to the original series, or the OS. Uh, and then they have the all-new series, which if you see ANS, that's the all-new series. And then it ran for five series, like I said, in 2003, and then went away again and came back in 2012 with the BNS, the brand-new series. As you can see, these acronyms are getting out of control. Mm. And in July 2015, they celebrated their 30th anniversary series. And uh, just so you know, if you are the two people that actually like this movie that we talked about, uh, the last news of any sort of reboot or remake was in March of 12, March 12, 2012, 
And it was announced that Michael Eisner's Tornate, if I'm hope I'm pronouncing that right, actually I don't care if I'm pronouncing it right, uh, <laughs> Tornate Production Company would be producing a new movie based on the Garfield Kids, likely with computer-generated imagery. And uh, a gentleman by the name of Michael Vukat, uh, Vukadinovich had been hired to write the screenplay for the film. And it, I'm not sure why I didn't put something here, but it said P.E.S. Husband's hired to direct. I don't know who that is. But anyway, regardless, say. <laughs> it doesn't matter because it's no longer in development. Okay. Now, I think you could definitely have a great, a hilarious, disgusting cartoon series. You could have, you know, a PG kids movie with Garbage Pail Kids, and it would be gross. It'd be fun. It'd be better than The Secret Life of Pets or a lot of that other shit that I see. Cause I, I, the Emoji Movie. <laughs> there you go. We're an actual piece <laughs> of shit as a character. Uh, yeah. you know, so I, I think there is value in this franchise for... You know, with the the nostalgia, which nowadays is honestly, you know, we've kind of passed the '80s nostalgia craze. We're now more into '90s nostalgia now with Power Rangers and '90s. Fa- I mean, uh, '90s fashion back in style. I mean, to the, every time we go to the movies, it's right our theaters next door in Urban Outfitters. And Autumn, like, you know, if we're too early, we'll waste some time and go in there, and it's just all the stuff I wore in the '90s in Urban Outfitters now for like seventy bucks. So the '90s are like on top right now. Yeah. Uh, not that not that there's still plenty of people like ourselves that itch for that little bit of 80s nostalgia. But I do think there's hope in this franchise with the right people behind it. Uh, it could definitely be fun and entertaining again. Uh, some of my favorite cards as a kid, and the only one I knew from memory was Dead Ted because that was I had like I had so many duplicates of him. I had him on my notebook. I had him on my door. I put him on the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. I had stickers of him everywhere. He was a zombie coming out of the grave. Uh, Fry and Ryan, he was God, like pretty much Godzilla. Roy Bott, he was a Transformer, like Optimus Prime. Uh, defaced. She was washing her face off, and that always kind of like scared me when my parents would tell me to wash my face. Like, don't scrub too hard. Don't scrub too oh hard. Oh my god! Uh, I should go get my cards. <laughs> they're awesome. They're uh, they're <laughs> so much fun to look, look through. And speaking of, I actually have a. There's a. It's a small smaller book, like a maybe a five by seven kind of size book. Mm-hmm. But it's basically an encyclopedia of garbage book. It's that has most of the classic series. I think it's all the original series cards mm. in like full page, so you can really appreciate the artwork on them and everything. Right. Fantastic purchase if you're a fan of them. Don't pay attention to this movie. Don't pay exorbitant prices for some of the card sets online because they're they're still. I mean, people are dying, not dying, but you know, there's a big collector's market for them. At least I saw in my research for them. Uh, but that little encyclopedia book, it's like 13 bucks. I got it. Probably cheaper than that on Amazon. Fantastic resources to enjoy them and take you down memory lane. Mm. Uh, but I had to go through that book to remember some of the other cards when I was coming up with some of the ones that I remember. Like, oh, I remember this one. I remember this one. I remember this one. Uh, newly dead Ed. He's blowing his own face up. Uh, but also, I'll tell you one thing Garbage Pail Kids really did for me growing up as a kid. It made me terrified of getting zits. Because there were so many, like, Zit ones where their faces is covered and yeah. pus and all that's like maybe like I don't want to get zits ever they're the grossest thing in the world <laughs> and thanks to Accutane which caused suicide in a lot of people which I had to take as a kid thankfully I didn't have any side effects but thanks to Accutane I didn't have any zits wow or my my zit era ended really quickly I never had to do anything like that lucky you never had zits like I had yep. one breakout, I was like, "Mom, like I don't like I need medicine for this. Like I don't want like yeah. you see other kids in school like, oh god, yeah. like, garbage pail kids walking around." Yep. And at the time when I was a kid, it was Accutane. Interesting. And it's since been linked to suicide and depression, all sorts of stuff. But hey, they still use it though, right? I don't. I hope not. At least oh, okay. what I've at least what I've heard. In fact, the guy that plays James on Twin Peaks mm-hmm. cited a lot of his health issues because he was put on Accutane. Oh wow. Uh, James has always been cool. That's a quote for Ben Wyatt. He's watching the new season of Twin Beaks with me. Uh, but also, like I said, uh, if you, because I, I, as a, growing up, I can never find one, a Garbage Pro kid that had my name on it, my name I go by, Trey, uh, plenty of Eds and Clydes, but I could never find a Trey when I was growing up. So uh, after a couple of Google searches, I found a site, gpk.com and g-e-e-p-e-e-k-a-y.com. Uh-huh. Dot findyourname.html. And this is a growing site. They're in the process of cataloging, cataloging them. Adult variant series. These are awesome. <laughs> I, like, I mean, disgusting, but I like the art. Uh, the realistic take on the Garbage Book Kids. But anyway, you can go there. That's where I went. And I found... Uh, actually, there were five different ones that actually had my name in it. But the three that I liked the most were Ice Tray, which had me sitting in a... Frozen in a freezer. Uh, MP Tray, which was... The old Apple marketing thing where it was, you know, the black silhouette with the headphones. And the best one, Tray Cycle, 
Ah. And it was basically Ghost Rider. So, uh, Jesse, the, the, they didn't have all of them for, like, the complete, like, list yet for the J's. So I just had to, like, Google Garbage Pro Kids Jesse. Hmm. And the one that came up the most was Dressy Jesse, and it was a transvestite. Nice. So. Just like me. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. All right. Uh, I've done that pretty much every Halloween for the past few years. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, kids. Nothing wrong. But anyway, so yeah, uh, let us know your favorite garbage pail kids at 80s Revisited at gmail.com. Uh, you know, or if there's one that has, you know, that is your name that you like, you know, let us know which ones you like. Because there, there were, there, there, yeah, if I could talk, there's actually several for pretty much every name out there. Most names, I should say. And a lot of the cards would have, like, there you go, like what you're looking at there, Jesse, on our screen. Uh, same one. card, but you have an A and a B version. Yeah. Different names. Yeah. You know, so, because my name being Trey, I would always be the kid that would go into, you know, Astro World. That's a real blast, 80s blast of the past for some people. Uh, or, you know, theme parks. And like, oh, it's the thing where they have the license plates with the names. Ah, uh, Tim, Troy, <laughs> and then on to the U's and the V's. Yeah. You know, I'd be the one that's like, uh, oh. You know, I was like Bart Simpson. Uh, Bort. Bert. Bort? Are you serious? I'm sorry, are you talking to me? No, my son is also named Bort. And then the payoff, that's one of my favorite episodes ever because of that joke. I've never forgotten that joke. And then the payoff, the callback later in the episode when they're going underground, attention, we're out of Bort license plates. We're out of Bort license plates. One of the greatest jokes ever when the Simpsons were still funny. Yeah, they would have Jesse with an I. In it, so. And yours is just the E, right? Just E. Yeah, yeah. so. Oh, well. Yep. Well. That's how it goes, unfortunately. But uh, let's see. I will talk about in the real world on the intro. Back to the future this week. Got some catching up to do uh, since we last recorded. Which sorry for the week delay. We just had some. We had some uh, other creative things going on as uh, Shylight Productions was filming a sequel to one of our little home movies. Uh, YouTube.com. I don't. Is it just slash Shylight Productions or? I think so. Or could be slash Shylight. I haven't even checked on that in a while. But anyway, just check that out if you want. I mean, it's not up yet, but it's some of our old. Uh, in terms of me personally, some of my old really stupid stuff is up there. Right. And then fifteen years ago. Yeah. So or more. Yeah. So it is not slash Shylight. It you'll, must be. You'll, you'll see when the technology and the talent really took over with Matt and Jesse on those videos. So. Uh, but all the all the crappy stuff is all my fault. Yeah, sh- so. slash Shylight Productions. That's what it is. Okay, there you go. And you'll see some. Did we upload already? Not yet. I got to get that log oh, information okay. for oh, like the older stuff. Let me figure out what that is, and I'll announce it here <laughs> on the channel. I mean, on the podcast. Beep. <laughs> yeah, the password is beep. But anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, several movies to catch. I'll do all the video games first because I haven't been playing anything much aside from uh, Fortnite, which came out, which is a lot of fun. Uh, it's a little bit of Minecraft, a little bit of, uh, uh, what's the other game I compared it to? I can't remember now. Third person shooter. Uh, but it's a lot of fun cause you gotta, you gotta resource gather, then you gotta build your shit, your base, uh, and then you gotta defend it and rinse, uh, wipe, rinse and repeat over and over. Uh, but it's fun with friends cause you're building unique structures to keep hordes out. You're upgrading your weapons. I do imagine I'll be off of it really quickly as soon as something else Comes along to scratch that itch uh, in terms of multiplayer type stuff, I should say. Uh, took a break from Friday the 13th because of host migration. Uh, never really was a, too big of an issue, but lately, the past couple of weeks when I have played it, it's happened way too often and they just haven't fixed it yet, although they're working on adding that into the game. Uh, still a great game. Still love it to death. Uh, comes Physical release actually comes out this year on Friday the 13th in October. At, uh, appropriately enough, we have a Friday the 13th in October this year, which might lead to some surprises this year for Halloween Horror. But, uh, yeah, Justin, you've been, you picked up or started playing Rise of the Tomb Raider, or went back to it, I should say, and you've been digging that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to do it's things. It's been a fun time. Been playing it on PC. Um, aside from that, just a lot of board games. Mm-hmm. As usual. Uh, but, uh, you played all the Uncharted series, correct? Yes. And you played the first Tomb Raider, or did, uh, yeah, the first, the reboot. new one. Yeah. yeah. Reboot. So what is your opinion on between those two series? Like, do you like, I mean, obviously like one better than the other, or you just kind of see them as same. Tomb Raider has a lot more action. Like yeah. if I'm basing it on the first one, this one actually has a little less. Um, but the first one feels like every second you're just trying to live. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Uncharted did was a, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast with, um, Trey Parker and he liked to call games like that. Cutscene Hunter. 
he's not wrong. That's honestly my biggest complaint with with the Uncharted series is just yeah, that you're just looking aside for the from next part two. Because uh, Uncharted <laughs> two is still so phenomenal, but I just don't like that series. Like three was just like yeah. uh, four was just like stop talking. I know my brother's a piece of shit. Yeah, come on, like get going. But that's just, again, that's just me because uh, our friend in Tasmania, Ben Wyatt, loves the Uncharted series, and I think he doesn't kind of like. I Tomb like Raider. it. I like both actually. Yeah, but yeah, there'll be moments where you're like, you come out of a cutscene, it's like, oh cool, you run over to a car or something, then it goes into a cutscene again <laughs> of him getting in the car with other people or something. Yeah, it's it's. I it can it, be too much after a while. Yeah, uh, I really. I mean, part two again was just so amazing, and I think the team behind the Tomb Raider games really paid attention to Uncharted two mm-hmm. when they rebooted Tomb Raider because, like you said, that first one was just like, you know, for lack of a better description, balls to the wall action. They're just like, oh, like repeatedly. Whereas in Uncharted two felt like that way to me too, but then three and especially four was just like so. It's so long. Just felt so long to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I personally prefer the Tomb Raider series when given the choice between the two. Uh, although I'm always, I'll always play a new Uncharted game because I, I do want to see what's happening. But it's not like those are ones I borrow as I borrowed it from you, uh, Part Four, I believe. You know, whereas the Tomb Raider ones pre-ordered, want them, et cetera, et cetera. Want to get them when they come out. Uh, so yeah, moving on to movies. I'm not sure what what you might have been might have seen lately, but uh, since we last podcasted, uh, saw Dunkirk. Did you catch that one? I did not. Uh, it's on my list, though. Fantastic. Worth seeing, worth, worth seeing in a theater. Uh, the way he plays with time in that movie is super awesome. Uh, it's not a typical war movie. If like, Some people are like, I don't like war movies. Uh, like a lot of my coworkers, I work with nothing but females, so a lot of them are like, I don't want to see it. It's a war movie. Like, no, it's not, a, it's not the war movie like you're thinking. It's not the first 20 minutes of Saving Private Ryan. It's, uh, it's very different than that. Very good movie. Well done fantastically edited. The editing is so on point in that film in combination with the music and just everything. Fantastic. Highest possible recommendation. Definitely one of the best so far this year, in my opinion. Uh, also, I uh, saw Jane Wick. Oh, I'm sorry. Atomic Blonde. Uh, mm. <laughs> still, it, was, it was still awesome. Fantastic movie. It, 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 it is done by one of the other directors of the John Wick series, so you have that familiarity with it in terms of the action. It's that type of action, just high-energy, kinetic. Uh, probably one of the greatest continuous shots in any action movie, let alone wow. probably any film. Uh, again, I only saw it once in the theater, and it was, I was probably five minutes into the scene, this action scene, before I realized there hadn't been a cut yet. Hmm. So I'm not sure if, A, there wasn't a cut, or B, they hit it so well that... You know, it was you have to watch it again to see, like in Birdman, when you watch Birdman and you you know that it's meant to be one take, you you could tell when they pass through a doorway that okay that if they had to cut it, that's where they would have cut it. Right. But there is a scene in this sequence in this in Atomic Blonde where Charlize goes down a flight of stairs, hits a wall, and she's facing the camera when she hits, and wow. it hasn't cut. So I don't know if they threw her down the stairs and digitally she's put CG. in a face or something yeah. like that, but. Uh, if they did edit or have a cut during this action sequence, some of the most seamless editing I've ever not seen, put it to you that way. Uh, but uh, Atomic Blonde, uh, I, I made the mistake of going into it expecting like as a movie as kinetically nonstop as the first John Wick. The, Atomic Blonde takes its time with the story. Great story, however you're going to see it coming. But when, when it gets to the action, it's just like, it's, it's what you wanted. It's phenomenal. Like, I mean, I would say, you know, in terms of John Wick, and in terms of that style of action, I should say, this modern... That's me. No. <laughs> Jesse's hungry. That's his stomach yeah. growling. Uh, but uh, not to be missed. Uh, and also, it takes place in the 80s. So mm. it's got that aesthetic to it, which is great. Oh, cool. All right, I'm sorry. Well, maybe it was the 90s. Hold on. What's, no, it was the 80s. It was the 80s. Uh, maybe, the maybe, it might confused. have been like 89. It might have been like 89 or something like that. That's why I'm confusing the two. Uh, but it's great. Great performances by Charlize. She is, you know, you hear all this like, oh, Gal Gadot's a, such a great action star. No, Charlize has been doing this for a long time. You know, not just Mad Max. Aeon Flux is, you know, that movie wasn't good, but, I mean, she's been an action star for a long time. You know, so let's not forget, you know, these other women that have been doing it for years before it was really popular to do it. Not that I'm not saying it's not right. Uh, you know, it, it's all about it's all about the action and the acting. And all mm-hmm. that. It's not just like throwing, you know, perfect example, Terminator 
Genesis. You can't put an actress who can't do action. An, let me rephrase that. An actor. I'm going to speak in general terms. You can't have a lead, someone playing an iconic role, such as Sarah Connor, not be adept at playing at doing the action. Right. Go watch Atomic Blonde and watch an actor nail the action. Go watch Aliens. Any of them. You get that. Uh, and I just that's why like I'm hoping Brie Larson can nail Captain Marvel in the Marvel movies because mm-hmm. she's one of my favorite comic book characters. But I mean that's going to be a big one for. Marvel, because she's the character is one of the most powerful characters in the comics. Yeah. So I'm hoping she. I mean, I think she can, but you never know. So, but uh, yeah, Atomic Blonde, fantastic, fantastic movie. And then just this week, uh, The Dark Tower, which uh, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Mm. Now, full disclosure, I've only read half the books, so I don't. A lot of things in it might have spoiled some stuff or like given me mental hint. Oh, I should have. <laughs> I figured uh, people would respond to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so I don't know. Like some of the stuff really caught me off guard. Uh, but I talked to our friend Travis uh, mm-hmm. at Hedges Pictures. Pre plug to him. Uh, look him up online if you want to see some stuff like that. Uh, Home made movies, uh, low production, stuff like that, like we do. Uh, but he read all the books and he, we didn't see it at the same. We saw it the same night, but different theaters. I mean, he said, mm-hmm. well, what do you think? What do you think? I'm like, you know, well, I haven't seen all the movies and. It was really kind of a mixed bag for me. But he's read all the books, and he said that, and he's a fan of the books, obviously, Mm -hmm. because he read all seven of them, and there are seven Stephen King books, so these aren't like, you know, fucking Twilight or something where they're, you know, young adult quality writing. But anyway, he thought, like, with what they did in the for one movie to try to tell a story of that scope, he actually really liked it. Oh, wow. So I'll take his point of view over it. My biggest complaint with the movie is that it was PG-13. Mm. And when you read the first book, it is like Mad Max post-apocalyptic. It's not a nice place, and that's really my biggest complaint with the film is that the like the aesthetic of this of that world of the Gunslinger and the world of the Dark Tower, it was a little too clean and pretty mm. in the movie. Than what you know again, if I was God and in control of it, or you know I was a director, I was a production manager on it, like it would have. Looked a lot different. Yeah. And if you look at any of the artwork for that series, even the comic book series really uh, expresses a lot of that bleakness and just the the uh, desolation and the the unfriendliness of the environment. But that being said, it was still a good time. I went with my mom and Autumn, and they both loved it. Uh, but it does have that trope. And again, I've only read half the book, so I don't know if this is actually later in the books, but they have that trope of, you know... Warrior from another world comes to modern day our world. And however, Idris Elba was awesome as, in that, as that type of character. Where he's like, here, it's a hot dog. He's like, savages. <laughs> yeah. But like, and he's like, this is actually really good. You know, like he played that type of, you know, fish out of water, stranger in a strange land gotcha. type character. Like it, it worked because he did it so well and earnestly. Unlike, mm. you know, Masters of the Universe, like Dolph Lundgren, like, what is a car? Yeah, or like, you know, just dumb, dumb, like, you know, dumb fish out of water type stuff. Beastmaster 2 through the portal of time. Like, I, I, as a rule, I hate when you bring fantasy characters to modern day Earth. Like, that's such a stupid plot point. It is. To do it. Uh, So again, I don't know. Now, in the, in the early books, it's done, but it's not done where Roland comes himself into the world. He's like possessing people. So there is an aspect of that in the books. I'm not talking about both sides of my head, but not, at least as, again, as far as I am in the books, Nothing to where he physically comes with his guns and right. with the kid, which the kid ain't supposed to be in the movie <laughs> either. But again, I don't know if he comes back in the books or whatever. I'll wait for uh, home viewing. Yeah, it's it's not one. you don't need it, unless you've you know if you unless you've read the books and were hyped for it. From going to the theater, there's other ones. Yeah, I'd go see Dunkirk see. right now. Yeah, you know, go see that and exactly. go see Atomic Blonde in the theater for that. You know, the the sound and everything. Now, There's so many movies I haven't seen. Yeah, Dark Tower is pretty. It's very pretty. I'm not talking shit about it. I, I liked it. I just still it, want, need to watch wasn't. the Emoji movie. <laughs> wow, still number three. Still after number, all that because children. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's exactly one point six. They're smart. I mean, that's that's perfect. Okay. Oh, we, let's say we have you know Dunkirk out. We have Atomic Bomb. We have uh, Girls Night or whatever that other movie is. With all these adult movies, we need to. Th- if we throw a kids movie in there, we're gonna make bank because they're gonna dump their kids off to go see that while they go see something else. I think you have to go watch this for research because <laughs> you got to see if this is worse. See if it deserves the one point six. I can't because we because uh, garbage pail has a two point seven. 
Well, I said, what did I say early? Cinematic. I, I, I said something with two C's, and I said trademark Asia visited. Well, it's in the episode. You can always listen back. Yeah, when I have to, because if we ever did a podcast, we could use that as the name of a podcast, and where we review, we watch a bad movie, oh, and then God. is it as bad as it is, or is is it really that bad? It's the torture. torture. It, it would be, but it'd be entertaining. I think. Yes. Maybe. Possibly. This is or why could, TJ Miller could make us stab our eyes out. This is why TJ Miller quit uh, Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley. Seriously, like because he wants to be a movie star now. Nah, bro. And in his first one out of the gate, the Emoji Movie. You now does he mean movie stars and be you know permanent sidekick character in every yeah. movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Embrace it. Yeah, he he can do that. Yeah, because you can work like he's that not forever. Be a lead. You can work like that forever and just. Yeah. He's the lead in the Emoji Movie though. Well, it's just a voice. So I know it is just a voice. Any you know not anybody, but I mean that's. Like, and I wouldn't even recognize his voice probably to be honest with you. Yep. And so. Well, best of luck to you. Well, he's in Ready Player One, so that might yeah. be something. Yeah. Which uh, 80s ties to that looks amazing. Haven't read the book, uh, but you see Freddy in the trailer. You see the DeLorean. You see everything, uh, like all sorts of stuff. Oh, actually, for me, one of the best parts about The Dark Tower was the plethora of Stephen King references. Uh, there's a St. Bernard that walks by. There's yeah. a, They're playing with a toy model of Christine. There's a picture of the Overlook Hotel on a desk. Uh, because they're doing because that that's what this is supposed to kick off the Stephen King shared universe, mm-hmm. which this is still this is much of a, a much better start than uh, the Mummy for that shared universe. And of course, we got it next month, which fingers super every fi- you know if I could I have to manually cross my index and pinky, but you know four fingers mm-hmm. crossed, I'll cross my thumbs too. Five fingers crossed that it delivers. Uh, um, other things I've been watching though. Been watching Netflix. Watched um, Wet Hot American Summer ten years later. I watched the first episode and it was great. Yes, I finished it. it it's it's wonderful for people, especially who have shot things before. <laughs> they let that go a <laughs> oh, lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. They make a lot of like inside jokes like that. Like you know, they they make a reference like I'll see you in episode whatever. You know, <laughs> you know that thing's gonna come yeah. back in a later episode. The the. Th- Again, I only watched the first one, but what cracked me up more than anything was how they replaced Bradley Cooper with Adam Scott. <laughs> yeah. And then they had all these, like, pot, not pot, but friendly shots at Bradley Cooper. Like, oh, yeah, I don't know if you noticed this, but I got my nose done. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, you look better than before. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was just, like, dying laughing. Like, it, it, yeah. it, they did such a great job with it. It's, they, again, I'm only one episode in, but, like, loving it. Like, And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, like. Excellent. Uh, super funny. I really enjoy it. Like, I, I barreled through that one. I also watched Ozark, which is uh, I've, heard, I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot of people talk about that one. It's okay. Is it worth the time investment? It's better than it is not good. <laughs> I guess um, I'd say it gets better as you go along, maybe, because then you start to get to know these characters. But part of me, on a production level, feels like it's one of those things that were shot really, really fast, hmm. like. There's things I notice. Like there's this one point. Some some editors can hide these things really well where they reverse a shot. Yeah. But this takes place on a giant lake. The water moves a lot. You can't reverse. <laughs> you can't reverse the water. <laughs> so there's parts in there where it's like something's happening. You see the water moving one direction. Then whoop, it switches the other way. <laughs> and it's just distracting. Yeah. Stuff like that. And they also, uh, whoever the colorist is, Went for the blue and teal, which if you know anything about filmmaking, blue and teal, or uh, I'm sorry, orange and teal. Those two colors are the most overused things. So if you want to make something look cinematic, even with your phone, it has a little color thing. Raise the teal up, raise the orange up, boom, you got a, you got a awesome looking Michael Mann looking thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Can make anything look like it. so. Yeah, there's some episodes where they're standing outside. Everybody looks like a fucking Smurf. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, it's all right. Uh, speaking of bad movies, uh, and I wanted to talk to you and Matt and Perry about this too. All you know, when we talk again. But uh, apparently, you could put anything you want on Amazon somehow. Because I wa- I've watched a couple of some of the worst like home video shot movies I've ever seen on Amazon. Free right. Prime. There's one called Swamp Ape. Swamp Ape. Which, uh, when, when I saw the little, you know, tile for it, I was just like, oh my God. Swamp Ape. I have to watch this. This looks so, and it's, it is so bad. 
bad quality. Uh, shot Recent? by, I don't know, it's like... Because there's one that came out it's this that, year. It's that, see, when I saw that little tile, I was like, I'm watching this. No <laughs> questions asked, I'm watching this. Uh, to the, uh, this year. <laughs> yep, this year. And you, you wouldn't think that. It's an hour long. It's, it's, it is terrible. It is horrible. Only if you like bad movies where like, if you can appreciate these kids making, or these people trying to make a movie that they think is great, but it's not, and it's terrible, <laughs> you'll have a blast. Granted, I was a little drunk, uh, <laughs> but I had a blast watching it. Oh, the full thing's on YouTube. There you go. You don't even need Amazon Prime. Swamp Ape, the movie on YouTube. 58 Holly Ward. Long. Actually, I think that might be the actual production company that's putting it up. But some of the worst acting. The, oh, my God. It's, it's so bad. But it's on Prime. People, you know, people are streaming it. And the title, yeah. like, you know, I'm sitting there like Buzz, like, oh, this looks stupid. Oh, my God, I got to watch this. And <laughs> it's terrible. See, they're just walking around with airsoft guns. Mm-hmm. That's all that's happening. It's terrible, terrible. But, yeah, there's plenty of... And I would rather watch this again than Garbage Pro Kids. Than five, I would rather watch this hour-long movie than 15 seconds of Garbage Pro Kids. But, you know, because we make movies ourselves, it's just like, how do these... It just blows my mind that this is on Amazon, which I'm sure there's a process for that. We just don't know. Sure. Uh, looking how this does, shot how it do, this does, acted how it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it got me to watch it. But then again, again, as I've said before, love bad movies. <laughs> Well, if you like bad movies, <laughs> Sedgley Films on YouTube. Oh, wait, no, 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 Shy not Sedgley Films. Some of the, <laughs> nah. the old Shylight production stuff is where you need to go for that. Yeah. But I mean, with a little bit of ego, I, that I can is look a at tiny gun. <laughs> I can look at our old stuff, and and by our old stuff, I mean my old stuff, and like at least there was some visual stuff there where it would it, it would we tried to do something that looked visually. A pl- pleasing to whatever thing we were doing. This is just shit. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, place the camera here, like, walk through the door, bro. Or, uh, deliver this line from behind. You know, let me break the 180 degree rule, like, consistently, and just, it's terrible. Uh, I hate that, yeah. It's just so bad. It's so bad. But anyway, this, well, I've given way too much airtime to this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been addicted to that, like, in terms of uh, some of the streaming services, is just, uh, Bad movies that I find on Amazon. And also a shit ton of riff tracks are free on Amazon right now. Huh. Been watching a lot of that. Uh, there was something else. What, uh, what did I want to mention? I don't remember now. It was on the tip of my tongue. But I forgot. So, oh well. What is happening in this film? Yeah, it's dumb. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> don't get sucked in like I did. At least get some drinks in you first. <laughs> but, uh, oh, we did get an email from our good friend down under Ben Wyatt. Which I didn't print out, but I have it up on my phone. And they have autofocus on the camera. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, hey guys, first of all, Trey, I think you're confused with my nationality. Tasmania is a state of Australia, so yeah, you can say I'm Australian. Ben, just blame the political culture in the United States. Because nowadays, if you say somebody's an American and they're a Texan, they're going to get offended. Mm. So blame, blame our political system over here. And also the Tasmanian devil. I just feel like, you know, it should be, it's not the Australian devil. But granted, they're also only found in Tasmania. So actually, I just answered my own question. So it's thanks all about the, what you identify as. Yeah. Honestly. That's how it is these days. <laughs> that's how it is these days, yep. Uh, but it doesn't anyway, matter what you actually are. Yeah. It's whatever what you are. Whatever you that. identify as. Yep. That's all you... I'm a microphone, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I've seen... He's always on a popsicle say, stick myself. <laughs> a meat, po- meat popsicle. <laughs> a meat popsicle. Uh, he says, uh, I've seen Cannibal Holocaust all the way through two or three times, and I'm pretty sure we feel the same way about it. For me, the turtle scene is easily the most disgusting thing I've seen in a film. Apart from the animal cruelty, I can't really fault the film as much as I'd like to. There's some obvious voice dubbing that stands out, but everything else is fine. It's certainly not a movie I recommend to people, but from what I hear, it's not as bad as Salo or a Serbian film, which I'll never watch. Now, I, I haven't seen... I know what... When you say Salo, I've, I know that film. I haven't seen it myself. I have seen a Serbian film, but I was shit-faced when I watched it. So I don't remember it being having the reputation that it does as being like a really disturbing film. I'll need to watch it without the alcohol uh, maybe on Halloween in October and report back on that. But uh, he promises Hard Ticket to Hawaii will be a much more enjoyable viewing. Uh, we'll be watching that soon. I, I tell you that all the time, Ben, but I'm, I just, I, I, I want to watch it. It's just video games and other movies for the podcast or whatever come up. Anyway, he says, I haven't seen Blind Fury. I don't think I really want to. You mentioned that Takeshi Kitano is a Toichi film. I watched that a few years back. I remember thinking it was quite good. Uh, ever since we did that on the podcast, I, I myself am meaning to watch some of the older ones, especially the Beat Takashi one. 
and he says, I thought I'd mention my favorite Genesis games because we talked about that last week or last week, week before last two, or should I say Mega Drive, is what it was called here. Uh, Toe Jam and Earl, Wonder Boy and Monster World, Mickey and Donald, War of Illusion. I remember that game. That game was awesome uh, for Genesis, or as, you, uh, as it was the Mega Drive over there, and in Japan as well. Uh, Land Stalker, Earthworm Jim, he mentions he can never get far. I never got too far in it as well. Looked awesome, though. NBA Jam, always, and of course, Alien Storm, James Pond, where it was the frog secret agent. I remember the marketing for that game. Bubsy and Rolo to the Rescue. Uh, he was, goes on to say, I was looking at a list of Mega Drive games to help me remember these, but holy shit, a version of Duke Nukem 3D came out in 1998 for Brazil only, and it looks terrible. <laughs> wow, did not know that. Also, the alien at the end of Echo the, Echo the Dolphin was scary as fuck. Uh, yeah, I remember uh, I had to use a cheat code to get to him, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and uh, when I was a kid, I always called it Echo the Dolphin. E-C-C-O. I called it Echo. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that is the correct way to say it, <laughs> but when I was a kid, it was like, Echo the Dolphin. It's like the, the CO at the end threw me off as like co, but then EC, I, for some reason, as a young man, took that as uh, eek with the two C's, eek o. But uh, yeah, it wasn't until many years later when I somebody else said echo the dolphin. I was just, I quietly just said, yeah, echo the dolphin, and then started calling it that correct, the correct name for the rest of my life. Uh, until next time, bye bye. Bye bye, Ben. Talk to you on Facebook Messenger. But yeah, good to hear from you as always. Uh, Hats off to your recent episodes as well. Uh, and speaking of the Asia Mania podcast, he had former Geekly Dose ho- do- and I guess you can still say still Geekly Dose host because it wasn't mm-hmm. like it's still the podcast was right. with a different host. Uh, Tim Bridgewater was on there, so check that one out. Uh, hear Tim's voice again. Tim has such a radio voice, or uh, like I listened to it because I haven't caught up with him in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was a way of catching haven't, up. Haven't with him. seen him in a while, you know, except for yeah. you know that. Yeah, I listened to it. Good, great episode. Good here. Tim's voice, but uh, I listened to the tail end of it when me and Autumn were driving somewhere. She's like, God, Tim needs to like go be a DJ somewhere. Because he's got that, I can't imitate him, obviously, but he's got that radio voice just in his, the way he talks. You, you know? can hear it by listening to Asia Mania. Yeah. You can hear it on there. You can hear it on Tim's Rock the Dragon podcast. If yeah. you're a Dragon Ball Z fan. If not, go listen to the old episodes of Geekly Dose right here on the APN. Uh, that was the only email. Uh, shout outs, of course. Uh, now versus Nostalgia, our friends John and James, and again, Check out the Asian Mania podcast with our friend from down under. Our Australian friend. No, I will always call you Tasmanian. You're always Tasmanian to me, Ben. I, I identify you as Tasmanian. That's Tasmanian right. friend Ben Wyatt uh, with the Asian Mania podcast. And uh, again, if I said anything stupid, anything wrong, anything you want to comment about, AsianVisit at gmail.com, AsianVisit on Twitter, AwesomePods.com, at AwesomePods on Twitter, all those, and at Facebook, all that kind of stuff. And uh, next week, going to watch a, f- I say it's a fun movie. It's a movie I love. Uh, although it's a dark comedy, but we're going to watch Heathers. And if you haven't seen Heathers, it's on Netflix, and I think it's on pretty much every streaming service. So if you want to do your homework beforehand, uh, it's easily available if you have a Netflix account. If not, uh, excuse me, find a way to watch it. Uh, looks like you can buy it on YouTube, or you can watch it in full HD for free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not in HD, but it's on YouTube at uh, 360. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. 360 PhD. Yeah. Right. Okay, anyway, whatever. But uh, yeah, so check it out if you haven't seen it. So it's definitely, it's worth watching as opposed to Garbage Pail Kids when Winona Ryder was at her peak, in my opinion. Although she's still exceptionally beautiful. Don't get me wrong. As a crazy mother and Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> Which is coming back, uh, I think it's October as well. So October's going to be a fun month. Uh, just yeah. in, not just because it's Halloween as always, which is always my favorite time. But y'all have the podcast to listen to. Our hor- Halloween horror will kick back off. Uh, Stranger Things is coming back Friday the Thirteenth. The game's releasing on the Thirteenth. If you didn't Kickstarter or get it digitally, lots of fun stuff this year for Halloween. So plenty to sink your teeth into if you're a vampire or just an eighty sound like we are. But uh, oh, actually speaking of eighties, my good friend, uh, our good friend, friend of the podcast, Roger Russell mentioned before uh me and him both pre-ordered the elvira blu-ray which was only coming out of germany and we both got refunded earlier this week so on the verge of release of it it something happened and it got pulled and all that so i was exceptionally sad that this year we're not be able to see 1080p elvira mistress of the dark that's a shame at least the company did the right thing and if they couldn't deliver they refunded yeah so hopefully we'll eventually get that they had a ton of extras all sorts of stuff if you're a fan of the movie and fan of those two things that make Elvira so great her comedic timing and writing ability anyway that's it so Heather's next week we'll see you then everybody until then I remain Trey Harris Jesse Sedgley Cowabunga don't watch Garbage Boy Kids ever
on facebook.com slash awesomepods and follow us on twitter at awesomepods. 